In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every Black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. And here we are, two weeks in, (laughs) with Mother May I. And on this, the second stop, in the second week of a journey that I feel like I've been on for half my life (laughs) we are going to spend time with 1998's magnum opus i got the hookup starring anthony johnson master p c murder gretchen palmer and a cast of characters the choice of (laughs) lynn webb here in the second week of four weeks <laughs> of Mother May I. But before we talk about I Got the Hookup, a film that comes in at one hour and 33 minutes, and yet at points I felt like. I have been watching it for three days. Lynn, I believe we have some business to attend to. As always, we like to thank each and every one of you out there watching us streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Shout out to each and every one of you. Robert Monroe Jr., Aaron Fry, AJ Marshall, Deborah Battle. Hello, 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 hello. 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 Good evening, folks. Good evening. We will find out tonight whether or not we, in fact, dodged the bullet um, by being unable to secure a copy of Three Strikes <laughs> yes. last week. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we were able to get our hands on the hookup. We got the hookup for I Got the Hookup. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yes. We got an email, Vince. Okay. From Sharon Eldridge. Hey, Sharon. The subject, The Secret Life of Bees. Oh. Hi, Vincent Len. I'm here having a movie marathon. And just watched The Secret Life of Bees, a movie that mostly escaped my attention when it came out. Seeing that it is a black produced, black directed, and mostly black starring film, I am wondering if it is on your list. I checked through all your episodes, at least those that Stitcher would show me, and I don't see that you've reviewed it already. So I guess this is me checking in to make sure it's on your list. Cheers and looking forward to Tuesday and the watch party on May 21st when we and the missionaries will getting together <laughs> to close out Mother May I to sit down and watch Medea Goes to Jail. Medea Goes to Jail. Well, we have not done The Secret Life of Beasts. And it definitely is well, it's a, a movie on my radar. It's a movie that I have not seen. Have you seen that movie? I've seen it. I don't remember much about it. I feel like that was the first film that I noticed they were trying to pivot with Queen Latifah a little bit mm. into the, like, remember Queen Latifah had that vein of roles where she was like matronly. What, what are you thinking of? What, what, what are you? There's, there's the sure movie that about. she was in the choir with Kiki Palmer. There's another movie where she's like somebody's mother or, or she's a mother figure and the secret life hmm. of bees. I remember, I think it's a little white girl that she ends up either adopting or mentoring or or some type. Hmm. And I remember when it came out, I was thinking, huh, they're trying to pivot Queen Latifah. See, that's the thing. I don't remember. See, now you got me uh, to the Google. You've got me um, thinking about this. I don't think I've ever seen a Queen Latifah film where she has played a mother. And I'm not saying she hasn't. But I don't think I've ever seen a film where she's played. I know she was a mother on, of course, um, 
the TV series Star. Um, right, right. But that was even a little later. There was definitely yeah. the choir movie. What's the choir movie she was in with Dolly Parton and Kiki Palmer? You should be able to tell from the from the title because it's something like Sweet Praises or... Secret Life of Bees came out in 2008. Right. Okay. So just if I just go back to 2003, the, in the Queen Latifah filmography, we have Bringing Down the House... Taxi, The Cookout, Barbershop 2, Beauty Shop, Stranger Than Fiction. Then she does a voiceover in The Ice Age, The Meltdown, The Last Holiday. I think that's the movie with... Uh, that's the one with LL. With LL, you're right. Then Hairspray, The Perfect She's Holiday. a mother in Hairspray. She plays a mother in Hairspray. And what year was Hairspray? Hairspray is 2007. Okay. All right, so that's two where she's a mother. And then it's, keep going. I'll tell you the movie. All right, so then after Hairspray, we've got The Perfect Holiday, Mad Money, which is with Diane Keaton and Katie Holmes. Uh, what Happens in Vegas, uh, then Secret Life of Bees. And after Secret Life of Bees is another Ice Age movie, Valentine's Day, Just Right. Oh, Joyce, Just Right. I think the movie you're thinking about, Vince, is uh, Joyful Noise. That's it. That comes out in two, two, That's 2012. It. Joyful Noise. Yeah. With uh, Queen Latifah, Dolly Parton, Kiki Palmer, and Courtney B. Vance. That's it. Okay. Yeah. But uh, again, all I really remember about The Secret Life of Bees, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was an interesting direction for Queen Latifah because she was still, you know, maybe she's 40 in 2008, which, you know, I, I know Hollywood 40, but black don't crack 40. I just remember going, huh, they're trying to make her matronly, huh? Uh, 2008, she is, she's, she's, she's getting there because uh, she was born in 1970. So she's. Oh, right. So she's not even. See, Secret Life of Bees is is one of those films that has definitely been on my radar to bring up on the on the mission. However, it's one of those films that while I don't have a problem reviewing it on my own, I kind of keep pushing it off because it's a film I kind of think that, you know, someone's going to say, hey, I want to review this film. You know what I mean? And okay. I don't I kind of want to keep keep that out there for them to select, you know, yeah. who directed um, that? I forgot who directed that. Uh, that was directed by, let's get there, The Secret Life of Bees, uh, Gina Prince-Bythewood. Oh, okay. Is um, Alicia Keys in that? She is. Yeah. She is in that film. Uh, so is Sophie o Oconito. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a bad cast. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a... Uh, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, it's about not the a film. bad cast. Uh, I remember Alicia Keys did all right, and and to be clear, Queen Latifah did well. I just thought it was, you, you know, again, I don't think about Queen Latifah like that. So yeah, Queen Latifah, Dakota Fanning, Jennifer Hudson, Alicia Keys, Sophia Oconito, Paul Bettany. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah, a, like you said, it's a, that's a pretty crackerjack cast. So there you go, Sharon. Secret Life of Bees. At some yes. point. Have you seen any cicadas? No, I have not. All right, I'm just I'm gonna just put this out to the missionaries. As in, my boy uh, was talking today. The cicadas have arrived in PG County in Maryland. Okay, like he sent right. us a picture, and it was like the old school. Because 17 years ago, I don't remember seeing them that much. Like I remember seeing no, like you know, I'm old enough. This is my third cicada. Mm -hmm. I remember being a teenager, and it was biblical like what was that like 87 it had to have been 87 uh, 88 do you remember like were they bad in philly i don't ever remember like i've had people talk about like literally locusts of cicadas like <laughs> like coming into the area i don't ever remember it getting that bad but i definitely have been like oh all these bugs keep coming from yeah yeah, yeah. they'd be in the house you see them like you know on your curtains and yeah 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 87 88 it was bananas and then i remember so i guess 17 what was that 2004 mm -hmm. i remember 2004 mm -hmm. it, it wasn't that bad like i was sort of girding my loins because i remember how bad it was when i was a teenager and then you know 
Oh, there it is. Deborah, yeah, they're back Deborah in the DMV. Battle says, yeah, yes, also they're on the back DMV. The- Sharon Eldridge said, no, about the cicadas. She's in Chicago, but going back home to the DMV in two days. Um, she is not ready for that. She says uh, it wasn't back in 87 and 88, and they scared the hell out of her. Yeah, so it, was, it, was, it was wild. Like, I remember being wild. All right, well. All right, that's all. That's all I had about the cicadas. I was just curious. They're back. Yeah, they're back. They are back. Hey, Vince, I had an interesting conversation. I had a fun conversation here the other day. I thought you might get a kick out of this a little bit. Our social media director, Toya, Toya okay. Haynes, was he was over at the house the other day, and she was recording her, her second podcast, Unsung Unwrapped, where she and her, um, her cousin, Nikki Wright, they review episodes of Unsung, right? But we got into a conversation about versus sure and we tried to figure out some type of mathematical equation where all of the components of new edition okay could do a versus against one another oh wow and ralph tresvant could win at least one round interesting it would we have failed. to be well. I would like the only thing. Like, I remember being fairly underwhelmed by Johnny Gill's first album, Chemistry. Mm. The first one when he was like a young buck, right? When he's sitting at the piano in like the rented tuxedo and he's got the Jerry curl. Is that half crazy? That's the half, half, that's the half, half crazy, crazy album. But besides right. half crazy, I don't remember that album being that good. And Ralph Tresvant's, Tresvant's first album might be better than the half crazy album. Okay, I don't know about that. Well, uh, is that Re- sensitivity? So sensitivity, is, just, is that the name of his first album? Well, I mean, that's the only song off of it worth mentioning. And sensitivity is not as good as half crazy. So like I'm hoping the rest of the album kind of picks up the steam. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think I think sensitivity may be his only shot. I think he did an album. I think he did a track on a um the um Mo Money soundtrack. On a Mo Money soundtrack? Yeah, Money Can't Buy You Love, which is a good song. It's a good song. But Yeah, Ralph don't have much. <laughs> Ralph don't have much. <laughs> we say it in my house all the time. Sometimes, you, and Lynn, you might you're not gonna understand this, but just go with me. Sometimes you can't even bid board. The best you can do is hope that you make your po- opponent overconfident and settle. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just don't have the cards to bid board. Like we're bidding board, but all we got is three. And I think that's Ralph Tresvant. I understood all that spades talk. I there was there. There you go. All right. Good, good I, I don't for play you. spades, but I I sit in the room and drink while it's going on. All I right. enjoy it. All right. <laughs> there you go. Now you can talk sports for, for three minutes if you want. And I can see I don't know. You guess it says that he does have new edition, but here's the thing. The components of new edition going up against right, one another. Right. Like they break and go solo or or they're so is BBD a unit? Yeah, so it'll be BBD. Johnny Gill, Ralph, Bobby Brown. Now, now to be fair, Bobby's going to smack all of them. I was about to like, say, they're all fighting for second. Right, right. <laughs> maybe BBD gets a match if they got, you know, maybe if Poison is up against a lesser Bobby Brown track, that may top it. Or Wait a Doobie minute. Baby. Are we going song by song? Well, that's the way you have to do it. They have, right, from what I understand, right, right. They, they they choose a song that'll then go up against one another. Right. So, like, Poison might be able to beat, um, like, the theme song to Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like Poison like barely, that. like Poison I, is barely a better song than On well, Our Own. Like barely. Well, it's but it's more popular. Poison is definitely gonna like it. Poison's gonna get you up and right and moving. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be it's gonna beat that. Yeah, but Bobby is Bobby is here. You go, Lynn. I'm I'm gonna do another one. 
Bobby is what we call spades tight. Exactly. Like Bobby exactly. got so many, he can just draw people out. Uh, I don't know. You guessed it. Said that BBD's whole album is near perfect. I ain't gonna go there. Um, it's a that first album. It's a, it's a surprisingly solid album. I mean, it's not it's Bobby a, Brown level, but it's it's a yeah, good album. Yeah. Yeah, this is about to say it's near perfect. I mean, like it's not near perfect. There are some like middling tracks on there, right? Yeah. But not many. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But it's it's not perfect. And it's right. not Bobby Brown. I'm curious though, Vince. Now, real quick, do you have a favorite Bobby Brown album? Um, you know what? I get them mixed up because there's Bob, there's there's um the first one is like Girlfriend, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the they one actually all I mean the, the the main one, the main one. I, I think what do you mean I, the main I, I, one. No, is that Bobby Brown? Is that the one where he has on like the double-breasted gray suit and the turtleneck? Yeah, that's it. Is yeah, that Bobby yeah, Brown? Yeah. yeah, that's his first. I one. mean, that's the one. I do like that one. That's not my favorite one. You talking about fa- damn near a perfect album? It's a very good album. Yeah. Very good album. You got you got Babyface uh, working on there and I Teddy Riley. Ter- yeah, and Teddy Riley. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Well, I, I think my favorite Bobby Brown album is um, the one where he st- his back is to the is to the camera on the cover. It's black and white. Oh, um, and he sings uh he sings the nothing in common with um. Oh, Whitney. you, <laughs> you. <laughs> I like See, that album. You're just being contrary. That album's not better than Bobby Brown. I'm saying it's my favorite though. Oh, yes, it's, because you're being contrary. No, it's not because, because it's I'm not, being contrary. Because it's not better than Bobby Brown. <laughs> it's not because I'm being contrary. I actually like that like that album. It's no. called Bobby. Yeah, no. It's, Bobby. it's a it's a solid album, but come on, man, stop. <laughs> it's not better than I'm not saying it's not better than Bobby all, Brown. <laughs> again, I'm not saying it's better. I'm okay. just saying you just it's like my it favorite. Right, because right, you're contrary. <laughs> It's not because I'm contrary. Is it a little Kim? I is like- it a little Kim feature on it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not a little Kim track track on there. I like. I'm looking at it right now. I like two can play the game. Humping like around, humping around. I love getaway, which is a Teddy Riley track. Getaway is a good song. It's a good album. Pretty little girl. Something in common. One more night. That's the way love is. I like. I like. I, I like the album. Uh huh. I like that. Right. It's not I, better I, than I Bobby like Brown. Right. Like everyone. Everyone talked crazy about Whitney Houston when she said Bobby Brown was the king of R and B, and everybody laughed and said, "Ha ha ha!" Whitney Houston smoking crack. Ha ha ha! But when you really think about it, it wasn't a bad argument. Now here's the thing. Bobby Brown actually had an album before before that. His first do- debut solo album was King of Stage, which had the singles Girlfriend, 17, yeah. and Girl Next Door. I thought that was called uh, Girlfriend, but King of Stage, yeah, that's not a bad album either. And then he put out Don't Be Cruel. That's actually the name of the Don't album. Don't Be the, Cruel. Yeah, the, the logo, Bobby Brown, is so much bigger. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah, but that that's the that's the album with pretty much every everything my prerogative nope. tenderoni every little rock step you take rock with you like it's like an album full of greatest hits but i'm curious vince i don't know how often you watch these verses not at all some something told me you want to <laughs> land there but um is there a potential versus that if you saw this lineup might bring you to the Instagram live to check it out. The Roots versus Outcast. Okay. Wow. Wow. You know why I thought about that so quickly? Why? Because that has been the central music argument that my brother and I have had for two decades. What? What? Who's better? Well, who's better? The Roots or Outcast? And you know, and you know who the winner is? Me and my brother, because we get to listen to the Roots and Outcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody in that one, mm-hmm. sit marinating that. Mm. Not quite Outcast. The best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. Goody Mob opened. Mm-hmm. The Roots and the Fugees were touring together, 
and they were going oh, back and forth about I who, that tour. about who was closed the show. Right, right. So I saw Outcast, the Fugees, and the Roots. That's a good concert. That's a good concert. Best concert I ever saw saw was was Prince at Tower Theater. Oh that, yeah, that Bree Bree Five Seventeen. That's talking about SWV versus Escape, which I think either just happened. Yeah, that or just happened. Happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good one. That's a good because both of them are very good. I I I think I I love myself some Escape. I love myself some Candy on Escape, but I think I would probably see SWV coming out in that. But I I don't know. All right. Well, I see Miss Makiba has joined the chat. <laughs> well, we talked about New Edition for 20 minutes. She said, I love Andre and Antoine, but I'm going with the roots. Yeah, uh, yeah, see? yeah, yeah, I'm t- yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, she may be my favorite missionary. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, and, and with Miss Makiba joining joining the uh, the chat, it means that it's time, Vince. You, we, we can't talk about music anymore? Oh Vince, we have work to do. You remember the work? Can, can I? We I can't talk about the time like I went to see De La Soul and Souls of Mischief open. It was the most. It was a, a most. It was one of the greatest complimentary things I've ever seen. Souls of Mischief opened for De La Soul, and when De La Soul went on, Souls of Mischief came out the back and stood in front of the stage and watched De La Soul, <laughs> like they were just nice. straight fans. Nice, nice. All right, one more, one more concert story, one more concert story, and I actually wrote about this. So, like, do you remember, like, before um Left Eye died, and and TLC they were kind of on the outs. Yes, yes. And they were they they had the concert, and Left Eye was like, um, you know, we need to have separate concerts. Like they were walling out. So covered the TLC concert for the City Paper in Baltimore, and. Oh my goodness! I forget one of the acts that opened for them. Like one of one of these dudes that somehow still has a career. Like one of them Midland R and B singers that like it like that like in that Tyrese school of singer Tyrese genuine okay. like like he opened and then it was these four girls that opened and they like they were amazing like they were like 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 what i joked about and i joked with with my girlfriend at the time now my wife i said dumb girls are up there performing like if they don't get this right they not gonna eat tonight Mm. and then Mm -hmm. tlc did their show and you could tell the energy was off and what my 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 lead was that TLC, you could tell that that you know there was tension in the group, and they need to get themselves together because there are hungry acts coming for them. And if they don't watch themselves, these girls from Houston, named let uh, me look at my notes, Destiny's Child, is gonna eat up TLC. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw Destiny's Child, and when they were like real young and real hungry and moving real fast. Nice. You want to sit and t- nice. we, we can just sit and talk about concerts if you want. No, Vince, we have work to do. You want to just May. sit? You want to just sit and talk about concerts? Oh, I would love to, Vince, but that's another show. My parents saw Sammy t- Davis Jr. when my mother was pregnant with me. That explains a lot. <laughs> it's time for us to. <laughs> you made me drop my mic. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. It's time for us to get into our review of 1998's I Got the Hookup. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Mr. Goldstein. That's me, baby. I'm Mr. Goldstein. When Black and Blue scammed a truckload of cell phones, Hello? they hooked up the entire neighborhood. Show this whore being a businessman. But now the mob and the feds want to put them out of business permanently. We got to disappear. Master P, AJ Johnson, Ice Cube, Snoop Doggy Dog. I got the hookup. I beat up with a black shirt, no boxing draw. Say what? I got the hookup is a 1998 
crime comedy film starring Anthony Johnson, Master P, and Gretchen Palmer. Working out of their van, Black, played by Master P, and Blue, played by Anthony Johnson, dealing TV sets and boom boxes. But after a driver mistakenly drops off a cell phone shipment, business is on the upswing until the local crime boss Roscoe and his enforcer Tile, played by Tommy Lester, have a deal go sour and blame Black and Blue. Also, Black's girlfriend Lorraine, played by Gretchen Palmer's boss Dalton, and the FBI are closing in on the illicit cell phones. 1998's I Got the Hook Up, directed by Michael Martin, written by Carrie Mungo, Leroy Douglas, and Master P himself, was the first No Limit Records theatrical release. The second film that we will talk about in this year's Mother May I, and the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what say you of... I got the hookup. So I sat down to watch <laughs> I Got the Hookup. And immediately upon turning on the film, you are met with two women pushing a television, a very old television. It looks like your great grandmother's television. They are pushing it in a shopping cart through the streets, struggling with this television and lacing the screen with profanities these two black women and they let out such a stream of (laughs) obscenities between f-bombs and b-words and you know gds and MFs and scatological droppings and all this other type of stuff. We're not on radio right now, and I could say these words, but I'm trying to be judicious, which is something that I got to hook up cannot be a uh, is not guilty of. They let out such a stream of consciousness of obscenities that I stopped the film mm. five minutes in, rewound it, took out my notepad. And began an experiment where I made a check mark for every f bomb and b word that was going to be in this film. Hmm. Okay. Now, fifteen minutes into the movie, as my count is at thirty-five b words <laughs> and. 47 F words Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 15 minutes into the movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I stopped the film and get and said, well, this is not going to work. I'm not even paying attention to the, to the film. I'm busy. All I'm doing is just checking left and right. right. Mm -hmm. So I rewound the film again and said, all right, let me just sit here and just take in the film for what it has to offer, right? At which point, an hour into the movie, I found myself asking a question, is this movie not over yet? Because this is... (laughs) Because this feels like a movie in search of a story. Mm-hmm. It is just going on and on and on. You start at this kind of junkyard mall type of thing that black and blue are, uh, are selling everything and their mama out of. I mean, somebody actually with no refunds, somebody is actually trying to return, if I understand, a package of pig feet to yes. this little outside mall. There is a abandoned car that is set up as the credit window where people can get their credit approved in 40 minutes so that they can buy whatever. 
in this street mall. They are gifted by somebody dropping off uh, some, you know, uh, unchipped cell phones at their uh, at their location. You know, getting the wrong wrong address, and then they, uh, of course, have a friend that can hook them up. You know, uh, because he can, you know work wonders around chips and chips up these phones so that they can sell these phones dirt cheap and now they're making money hand over fist selling the phones and there's a montage of them selling the phones in the streets and people are walking talking with talking with the phones and even though there's feedback on the phone even so there's cross lines on the phone everybody's got it for the cheap so they don't care and they're making money hand over fist and it's and it's all just going on but it's just going on and on and on. And all of a, all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, Master P's got some girlfriend, Lorraine, who works at a cell phone company who can kind of like delete the, the records of the calls or something so that they don't get caught. But of, of course, they catch wind of it. All of a sudden, the um, the the federal bureau of telephones i don't know who it is i don't know some some the man mm-hmm. comes out and is is uh caught on to this like you know what's this explosion of cell phones on the west side you know we have to stop this put a to the stop to this and all of a sudden the man is it's coming down on them and this is about an hour into the film and it's nowhere near um it's nowhere near like uh you know ramping up toward finish it's still ramping up to like a, a third act in this movie tiny lister is is walking around he's like a big bad but he's not quite a big bad because there's some voice that is over him who we never see in the movie named roscoe and it's insane it movie makes absolutely no sense it's gratuitous it is nothing but f-bombs and be cursing all over the place they're extremely thinly drawn characters and i don't know where the hell this movie is going master p has you know some kind of contract that he's not allowed to be seen without his skull cap on he's got a skull cap on even when he goes to bed when he goes to bed his lady takes a skull cap on but then mysteriously the flickers from the from the from the candles hide his head so you can't see his head i don't know i don't know what's going on with masterpiece head his hairline i don't i don't understand he's the writer the director uh, co-director i think i don't think he actually directed michael martin's person is giving the credit but i think master p is more or less saying what what is happening he definitely is the person bankrolling this as the head of no limit which in 1998 is at the heights of its popularity, its fame, and its money-making power as an independent music label. And Master P, rightfully, can't knock him, trying to move his way into Mm -hmm. feature films through Mm -hmm. No Limit as well. Can't knock the man's hustle. A.J. Johnson, a little bit goes a long way. There's a little bit of him in in Friday. Uh, But now he's lucked on to Master P, who has just let him let loose to oh, be the, the most AJS of AJ Johnson's. That is just way too much. Couple good lines, but just way too much. And this movie just doesn't know what it wants to be. At least not to me. Mm-hmm. Until an hour and fifteen minutes into <laughs> this movie, it's an hour and thirty-three minutes, folks. But an hour and fifteen minutes into this movie. I realized something. I realized that I was looking at this movie 100% from the wrong perspective. Ah. This movie, I got the hookup. Perhaps, arguably, even more so than our beloved Black Dynamite Mm. is the direct kin to the black exploitation comedies of the 70s this is a direct kin to your dolomite movies 
this is direct kin to films like the six million or six dollar six thousand the six thousand dollar nigga this is the the next step in those evolution of films guerrilla filmmaking mm-hmm. independent filmmaking very 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 broad comedy bawdy irreverent obscenities all over the place thinly drawn caricatures stereotypes a script that is more an outline of where we're supposed to be at the beginning of the scene and where we're supposed to be at the end of the scene and whatever you say in the middle as long as we get there it goes the camera is running and action let's keep it moving uh direction that does not know how to capture a scene let alone focus the camera on it (laughs) and actors all of them who are just there having a good time to say i did a movie right right AJ Johnson is a comedian at this time and he's just happy that he's got a movie where he's not just five minutes and he gets to just be his full AJ Johnson. Master P is a master of his universe and he's going to be the big man in charge in this movie, which means he's going to be, you know, the co-lead, the romantic lead, and also the hero who gets to punch out the big bad who was Tiny Lister in a, in a fight that absolutely makes no sense. But there it is. It's his movie. He gets to do that. Gretchen Palmer, it uh, gets to be the female lead. They give her some funny lines, but weirdly, as the female lead, she is allowed to have a little bit of agency uh, when you think about it. She is a very openly sexual person. She is upfront about the sex that she likes and the sex that she wants, but She is also a woman that while she has hidden behind uh, a picture, she has dildos and sexual pleasures aplenty behind a screen. She has a literal bat cave set up in her apartment because she is also allowed to have an intelligence about her at all. (laughs) So weirdly, she she's a woman who has more agency in these in this film than you would ever see in those films in the in the 70s. So, this is a step up from there. I'm like, okay. All right. I see where you're going. The story makes no sense. It's a meandering comedy, but there are people who will watch this and will enjoy it. Uh I will say that I laughed out loud not much but there was one moment when master p is talking about going over his girlfriend's house and aj johnson says i'm going to be there too and girlfriend is like i'm going to have on like a red dress and no panties and master p is i'm going to have on my scully my big shirt and my jeans and aj johnson says i'm going to wait a minute i'm going because i i wrote it down because it was it actually cracked you me the hell wrote up. it down. I did. AJ Johnson says, tell her I'm going to be in some gym shocks and a backstage pass from a Kumo D concert. I cracked up. I cracked up. I rewound that moment like about two, three times. I, did it, you? It, I did. It. I did. It cracked me up. It really did crack me up. So <laughs> looking at this film, uh-huh. yes, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes in. Mm-hmm. I, my my image of this film turned and you know why it did Vince because at that moment I wasn't sitting alone anymore at that moment I was sitting in a restaurant in Brooklyn with you and Dorian Missick and Omar Dorsey you are not going to compare this to Dolomite and listening to the three of you you go on about the charm of Dolomite and I'm watching this film 
And from that lens, no. Is this like a charming film? No. But I, if I look at it askew from that lens, I was able to, to garner a little bit of appreciation out of it. And it's all right. It's you all right. rat soup eating, no business having mother you know what you are not going to besmirch the name of dolomite with this what you are you caping up for dolomite versus this this is a better movie than dolomite oh my dolomite's probably a better story this is a better made movie than dolomite you know what this movie is you know what this movie is this movie is is the product of people who thought it was easy to make friday well, that's very true. That's very true. That's it. that is very true. Friday is so seamless. Mm-hmm. Comes and out in so well put together, right, in 93 years prior, that there was a slew of these urban comedies that did not understand the craft of mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. The direction of F. Gary Gray, the script that DJ Pooh and Ice Cube put together and mm-hmm. that wonderful cast. Yes. Halfway through this movie, it's like they don't even want to make the movie anymore. And this is one thing that it does have in common with the worst of the black exploitation films that you can tell that they're just that they've just run out of steam. And they don't know what to do anymore, but they got this film stock left. They throw in a car chase. Soon as they threw in the car chase, I said, yeah, Master P is done. He don't have nothing else. He don't have nothing else in the tank. So now we're going to have a car chase. He's trying to inject some action into the film. This is a terrible film. Master P, of all of those... um, like all of those, um, the, the those sort of uh, rap kingpins, you know, mm-hmm. Jermaine Dupree and Irv Gotti and Puffy and all. He's actually my favorite of them. Like I actually really like Master P as a businessman, and like yeah. when you hear him talk, right? Like right. it's like okay, like like I kind of dig Master P. Master P in this film has zero personality. In chemistry at all. Yeah, he's not, he doesn't have chemistry with anybody. Like, if I gave someone a dart and say, throw the dart at the guy in charge, who's the guy on screen that must be in charge? And everyone would, without fail, would say, oh, well, it must be that guy. Because the only way he's in the middle of this is that this is his thing. Pivoting back to Friday and the craft and the artistry of Friday and the cast in Friday, apparently one of the best decisions that F. Gary Gray in the script made was keeping Anthony Johnson in two scenes. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Okay, okay. This is the most annoying little man in this film. You're talking about the profanity in the beginning. Let me just tell you. I would have turned this off. He would have had me turn the ch- like like I'm going to talk about how I've seen this film because I do think there are some things to admire about the film. But Anthony Johnson single-handedly would have had me turn the channel. Right. Yes, I agree. I agree. The direction is 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 not even worth mentioning. The script I I swear this is one of these films where the script is written on the run because it goes from moment to moment and it feels like someone is, is writing something down on the back of a, of a, of a pad and then they go ahead and shoot it. The plot makes no sense whatsoever. Not only does it not make sense, it is so thin that they have to keep padding plots to the point where then it gets absurd where it's people right. wearing masks who are black, <laughs> but they're pretending to be white. And then there's right, a white right. man pretending to be black. John Witherspoon is in here as a TV repairman 
who also has this sort of black Hugh Hefner situation going on in the back of the TV repair shop. Why? I don't know. We got to get some breasts in here. So we just yeah. going to put that in there for, for, for sure. Why not? Helen Martin. Wow. Helen Martin. Yeah. Okay. I really, really hope they paid Helen Martin well because to have Helen Martin come into this film just to be crass as she is for a scene and a half, I thought was disgraceful. I'm gonna let you slide with this. Oh, 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 his girlfriend has this sexual agency, and she got like, I'm gonna, uh, all right, fine, like, I'm gonna go ahead and let you slide with that. She does. We're gonna pretend they just didn't want to make dildo jokes, like, we're gonna pretend. That that was Master P, and 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 they were they were trying to um, d- trying to show that a woman can have her own agency in 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 1998, and it's not going to be defined by sexuality in the male gaze. I'm gonna go along with you for that because look, why not? This film is terrible from beginning to end for a film that is an hour and 33 minutes. It is almost a martial art the way that it drags like it's almost like i wonder if it is deliberate to have it drag as much as it does it is terrible i didn't enjoy one moment of it i'm glad you got a laugh because i didn't laugh that moment you're talking about where they uh played every take Cause he said something and then they just like, usually they play that type of thing after the credits where they show all the different takes, but they say, Hey, let's just play all the takes right here. I didn't think any of them were funny. It dulled the moment of the first line when they repeated all of them. Yeah. The first one was, it was funny. I did not enjoy this film at all. Having said that much like you, even going to say begrudgingly i admire the fact that this film exists this actually i would actually group this film with state property and to a certain extent belly like i do have admiration for this group of films that these black creatives that come out of hip-hop made the decision and said we gonna make a movie and then people said and let's be clear i'm people like i'm saying people said but i'm people people said you have no skill whatsoever in this fashion you don't know Mm -hmm. anything about movies you don't know anything about writing scripts you don't know anything about acting you don't know anything about directing you don't know anything about movies whatsoever you making a movie is a terrible idea and they said we have created ourselves we have built this empire out of nothing why can't we make a movie and then they made a movie right and i think it's a terrible movie but I admire the fact that they made a movie and there is an audience for this movie. I'm pretty sure I've seen, I've got the hookup in bits, you, you know, cause I'm, like, Lynn, I'll just like, I've always been, uh, um, an appointment man at the barbershop. Like I've always look, look, I'm coming in at 10. I won't get my hair cut at 10. I'm going to hang out in it, but then I'm going to leave. But whatever that hour chunk is that I've been in barbershops since mm-hmm. 1998, I've probably seen this film three times okay. because it okay. was played right with those films like State Property, like Three Strikes, like that whole group of films that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s. That TV up, up, up in the corner... It was playing on there and it has an audience. It's, it's a film that was made by black people, frankly, for black people. And I think it's terrible. And I'm so, you know, it's very much a film that would, we would only watch in mother may I, but look, it's, it's this, this, this is, this is a prime example of, of the type of art that frankly we champion. <laughs> like this is what we it's, talk about all the time. <laughs> 
it's not a good film, but the one thing I will say, as opposed to... No, no, no. It's a terrible film. It's not a good film. But as opposed to State Property and Belly, which try so hard, especially Belly, to be serious. Like, they take themselves too seriously, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the thing that I will I will say about a film like I've got the hookup is that it knows what it is and knows what it ain't. It's it's supposed it's not trying it's not trying to be anything more than this dumb silly comedy. That's all it's trying to be, and in that it is a dumb silly comedy. Is it funny? Not to me, but like you said. This is a film that has an audience. I think if you cut about an hour and thirty-three minutes, if you well, if you cut about three hundred and fifty of the curse words, you you cut by a good forty-five minutes from the film. Um, you have a movie that you know maybe a an even broader audience might be able to appreciate. I think there there are some bits that are so gratuitous, like the whole, you know, um, the kind of like strip bar scene where I think Master P just basically promised a bunch of strippers that he'd give them a role in the movie, so he had to write a scene in in it for them, and John Witherspoon was only too happy to be in that scene. Um, that probably paid him with that scene. Um, <laughs> bang, 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 bang! <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I think if you took out some of that gratuity and yes, you dial back AJ Johnson. I think this is a film that pretty much, you know, says AJ Johnson is a comedian. So like, this is what, this is, this is what uh, Fred Williamson did with Richard Pryor in Adios Amigos. Gave him an outline and said, just be funny from, from A to B. And he, and he did that to AJ Johnson and AJ Johnson trying to, channel Tommy Davison but just gets it 100% wrong or Chris just- Tucker because I, I swear everything in this they're just trying to and you see you see it like you see yeah. these moments it's like oh they've got a little person in Friday well we gonna have two little people yeah Chris yeah. Tucker oh, yeah, takes, right takes the takes the, the 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 marijuana with the dust in it and he clucks like a chicken. We gonna have somebody cluck like a chicken. Tiny Lester in Debo is a bad dude. Well Tiny Lester's e- an even badder dude in this. Yeah. And kinda. it just you know, again, I almost feel sorry for them because you could tell it wasn't until they were deep into it that they realized that although Friday looks effortless, and we talked about this. Like Friday looks effortless, mm-hmm. but the level of craft in Friday is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Friday so it is looks a, like this kind of, of of frolicking, free flowing deal. But when you really dig into Friday, that is quite a film. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. no one involved in the production of I Got the Hookup is up for that challenge. That being said, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say I'm rooting for this film. I'm not going to say I recommend this film. I'm not saying that I see this as a bad film. I just see this film for for what it is, and that made me appreciate the film a little bit more than I was the first hour and fifteen minutes into the movie. After I I that switch flipped, the last twenty minutes I looked at it from that point of view, and much like those films. It didn't know how to end, and it just you know. But there you go, there you go. It's it's the it's the descendant of those films, and it's eh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I actually land closer to you than not. Like I thought this was a terrible film, but but like I said, I admire the fact that Master P and company did this. Yeah. Like, I love that they did. And, and, and again, in my mind, this is quintessential hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. 
Like, mm-hmm. like we don't have the schooling. We don't have the formal training. We don't have this. We don't, we don't, we don't. And yet we make something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you make Eric be his president. And sometimes you make, I got to hook up. And, and I will say this comparing it to Friday, Friday got two sequels. Um, you saw, I got the hookup, got a sequel like a couple of years ago though. Yeah, I think like last year or the year before, I got right. the hookup too. Yeah. And and I was sort of vaguely interested. Like I watched the trailer for it, and 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 they're all like twenty, like it's like twenty years later. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I was sort of vaguely interested in that. Like like Ice Cube and them have been threatening to make Last Friday for the past ten years. Yeah. So it was yeah. like I think how, how did I got the hookup put a bow on the I got the hookup saga? Before Friday, before Friday, on the Friday saga, um, I think I think it's because Master P needed the money. Ice Cube doesn't. Right, only, right. Master P probably doesn't even need the money. Master right. P just needed something to do. Right, something I don't to think do. He needs and, the right, money. Ice Cube's Ice Cube and Mike Epps and you know, I kind of. I'm sorry that we didn't write that we didn't watch Three Strikes because DJ Pooh wrote the Me script too. for that too. I was just going to say that because I, it would be interesting because that is pretty much it would be interesting to see where his talents right took him right with, uh, with three strikes which while on its surface it doesn't strike you as it has anything to say but it actually might because it is talking about the whole three well, strike rule well again I really do think the alchemy of Friday like that those three tiers of the direction the script and the cast. Mm-hmm. And and the the cast obviously Ice Cube, Regina King, John Witherspoon, um, Nia Long, Nia Long, Nia Long. I just forgot what's how did I just forget the sister's name that plays um Ice Cube's mom, Craig's mom. Oh um oh ooh 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 from from um two two seven. Not two two seven. No, Amen. No, from Amen. From but Amen. She's, but she's done interesting work since then. Anyway, all of them have done interesting work on their own. Obviously, F. Gary Gray has gone on to be a good director. And I don't. I, I'm not familiar with DJ Pooh as a screenwriter. Anna Maria. Anna, Anna Maria, Maria Horsford. Horsford. Yes. So I was kind of interested to see, but but the other thing I I, I wish I kind of had time for if I'd have been able to really just sort of sit in. I got to hook up. Next Friday isn't as good as Friday, but I'm, I think I'm kind of fond of it. So now I like one to watch next Friday, and I got to hook up and kind of compare them. Well, here's the thing: after Friday. I have not returned to uh, one of the Friday films. I've not seen any of them. You've never seen Next Friday or Friday After Next? Nope. I Interesting. Seen one of them. And that's a choice? Any, no. Like, that's a choice? It was a choice at the time, and then, then it's just become a thing. Um, it was at a choice at the time because, you know, just kneeling at the altar of Chris Tucker and what he brought to that film. And at that time, Mike Epps was more known as a comedian as opposed to an actor. So I just, and I never, he never warmed, I never warmed to him as a comedian. So I wasn't looking forward to seeing him as an actor, especially knowing that he was going to be stepping into Chris Tucker's shoes. Interesting. So I just stayed away from the film. And then I just haven't had a moment or reason to return to it. I mean, of course I I have a reason now because of the mission, but it just hasn't come up. It's not bad. It's better than I got to hook up. So, so the question is, and I would say it seems like a rhetorical question in Mother May I, but you never know what you never know what happens in Mother May I. You never know. You never the the know. question is, Lynn, would you recommend I got the hookup? Here's the thing. Oh boy. No. Okay. I can't recommend uh, uh, I got the hookup. The shame of it is, though, the reason that I can't recommend it is, is is threefold. One, it's too gratuitous in its language and it's um, in in the nudity. It's too long and it's too much A.J. Johnson. 
You cut <laughs> those three things down. This is a film I, you know, this is one of those you put it on at the at the barbecue and you just wild out. What are you talking about? First of all, you said it's too long. It's an hour and 33 minutes. And then you said you cut A.J. Johnson. He's the star of the film. I said it. If we could cut him out. But the reason can't, so. I can't recommend Jaws is because of the shark. If there's a cut where the shark isn't in Jaws, then maybe. You said it's too much A.J. Johnson. He's the star of the film. There's your problem. <laughs> He's the star of the film. You gotta ask. Would me. you recommend? No, I got the hook. No, no, no. I'm glad it exists, but you certainly don't have to expose yourself to it, missionaries. All right. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week on Mother May I, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you all to send all of your feedback. Email the Michelle Mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at me show mission uh go to me show mission.com our website two men one podcast every black film ever made where you can hit swag and find out all of our cool designs that we have available for your buying pleasure courtesy of our friends at t public and speaking of friends the me show mission is a proud member of the podglomerate curated podcast for your earbuds, go to thepodglomerate.com and stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Fridays, May 21st, 7 p.m. <laughs> via Cener. It's going to happen. Vincent Len, watch party. Medea goes to jail. You chose it. This is the movie that you chose, ladies and gentlemen. All you missionaries made it so. And Vince and I are going to sit down and watch this film with you on Friday, May 21st. And boy, it's going to be a good time. Next week on the Michelle Mission, it's Vince's turn to select a film. And he's got an interesting one. Vince dug in the crates, ladies and gentlemen. What did you pull out for them, Vince? Hey, fool. Hey, fool. We're going to watch a movie with Mr. T. Mr. T. First name, Mr. Second name, period. Last name, T. We're going to watch DC Cab, fool. 1983. Mr. T. Lynn, I got something to tell you. Not once have I gotten tired of Mr. T imitations. Not once <laughs> since Mr. T has been a thing. Have I been tired of Mr. T and sounded like Mr. T. Mr. T, there's no lack of jibber and jabber. Hither and whither, we're going to talk about Mr. T next week on DC Cab on Mother May I. I may or may not use this voice the entire episode. I don't know. We'll have to see. I pity the fool that doesn't join us. I'm sorry. All I hear is Eddie Murphy. <laughs> hey, boy. Eddie Murphy got a Mr. T imitation. Everybody got a Mr. T imitation. It's Mr. T. Hey, boy. I'm going to bend over now. <laughs> we ain't going to have that kind of talk about Mr. T. Mr. T should be respected. First name is Mr. You got to call him Mr. when you call him. Because that's his first name. Mr. T. He wear all them gold chains to signify the chains that my ancestors had to wear. But now I wear gold chains. That's an actual quote from Mr. T explaining the gold chains. He didn't link the feather earrings to slavery, but he linked the gold chains. Mr. T. I'm going to, I'm going to have a very special box of Mr. T cereal next week. Just for you, just for the show. Is that the Mr. T cereal that was part of the cartoon Mr. T? where Mr. T played a gymnastics coach. That's right. And him and his team would get into adventures. No, Mr. T don't do gymnastics. Somehow he was the coach. It was the 80s. The 80s was strange. People left their children with Mr. T. <laughs> and then they do gymnastics. <laughs> Just drive across the country in a van with Mr. Don't T. Across in the van. It was a dog with a mohawk. It was a Mr. T dog. <laughs> That's right. 
It was strange even then. But we all let it happen because it was Mr. T. Nancy Reagan sat on Mr. T's lap. <laughs> Told the kids to say no to drugs. <laughs> it was the first lady on Mr. T's lap. It was the 80s. So, DC Cab next week. <laughs> on the Michelle mission. Well... Orson Pixels wants to know you'd have to do the whole show with Mr. D. Whole show? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll have to see. I pity the fool that's not going to be there to listen for themselves. (laughs) Until then. Until then. He's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. (laughs) 